0: State's in, baby, and postseason changes are already happening. Oh, my gosh, it's a crazy week on the 11-Dubcast. Andy Vance joining you alongside Johnny Ginner. Johnny, I hardly know where to begin with the amount of news that happened between the last time we were together for this podcast and today. Let's start with the big news, obviously, that Ohio State is in the college football playoff. And what a difference a week makes. I think, you know, when you and I were recording this podcast a week ago, if you polled 100 Buckeye fans, Should Ohio State be in the college football playoff or not? Do you want to see them in the playoff? There would be a decidedly different tone than if you polled 100 Buckeye fans today, how they felt about the same question. Did we just need time to heal and process? Or or is there some legitimate excitement about Ohio State, maybe recapturing some of that 2014 magic as the underdog four seed and taking it all the way, baby?
1: Well, according to the 8,048 votes on the 11warriors.com website, fan poll when you have uh, a, a bunch of basically a, a, an emotion mood board here. So how do you feel now that Ohio state is officially made the college football playoff? 43% of that 8,000 plus uh poll, a person poll say that they're excited. Uh, I don't look after all of this went down, you know, after, and by this, I mean, losing to Michigan in you know, embarrassing fashion. I was pretty much of the opinion that like, yeah, they could get in the playoff, but no, I'm not going to be excited about it. Me personally. I, I, I am glad that they have the chance. I am also very nervous about what this team is going to look like when they come out against uh, Georgia. And there's a lot to talk about, like all the changes and and what's going to happen and whatnot. Um, And we'll get into that in the weeks to come about the actual matchup. But I'm, I think I, I selected nervous on that particular poll. I did not select excited because I personally uh think that this is a this is this is a team that's going to have to do
0: basically a 180 in attitude if they want to compete with Georgia. Let's talk about how they got there you know it was interesting i was part of the round table last week and you know what a week to be part of the round table right we're hoping to be talking about going into the big 10 championship game and then to talk about not and and one of the questions that we pondered was ohio state getting into the playoff or not and and it was funny because as i went i looked back at what i wrote and in in my comment was that usc Losing to Utah. Utah winning was the most likely path for Ohio State to get back in. I said, I honestly didn't. I thought TCU would, would uh, you know, either win or keep it close enough that it wouldn't matter. By the way, that's what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought USC was, or TCU rather, was in either way, but I thought Utah winning again uh, was both possible and the thing that would propel Ohio State into the playoffs, and and in fact, that's what what happened. The the logical, most likely thing to happen happened. It was nice to know that I was on the right side of that. But as I was thinking about Ohio State backdooring into this playoff, and there was a lot of you know chatter and and consternation about that. You know, among the Reese Davises of the world and uh the Dan Wilkins and others on Twitter who were just losing their minds that, oh my God, a team would stay at home and not 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 play on championship Saturday and still get into the playoff, like who would you have put in instead? You know, and of course some people right. might have said Alabama, that's a two-lost team. That's non-starter for me. Uh you know, you go down through the other candidates, it really does feel like Ohio State was the only logical choice to go into that spot and yet uh i i thought there was an argument to be made that they could have flip-flopped three and four i don't think it's wrong that they kept ohio state at number four uh over tcu because that was a very close tcu game but i think you could have made the argument there and maybe we're having a much different conversation about ohio state facing michigan michigan again than we would be ohio state facing georgia it, it feels like georgia's You know, I saw one national writer put it like sort of predestined to win this thing outright. Mm -hmm. But weren't we saying that about Miami in 2002? (laughs) I mean, yeah, but weren't we saying that about Alabama in 2014? I mean, I don't want to build this up as like, you know, this is Ohio State's latest trip to the Cinderella ball. Yeah, Uh, but I think think anytime you build up a Titanic, oh, it is, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the dynamic's different just because you've got an Ohio State team that's coming in after a pretty significant loss, which a lot of deficiencies were exposed again in the exact same way. Um, it's it's not a situation where it's like they just got to get super hyped for this one game, right? They can win this one game, right? They'll, they'll win the national championship. Well, they got to get past the defending national champion who looks in some ways better than they did last year. And then potentially, and even likely, if you look at, you know, like the, you know, the, the odds, you've got to play the team that just skunked you <laughs> again. Yeah. So, th- I mean, I'm not, I'm not out here. I don't want to be a negative Nancy and be like, oh, no, I wish Ohio State wasn't the playoffs. Like, no, I don't want to say that at all. I, I'm glad they're in the playoff. I think that's awesome. Um, I am very Did, nervous did the committee about, get it right? Yeah, I think they got it right. I mean, I don't know who else you put in over Ohio State. I mean, if you look at the overall body of work, I mean... I mean, like you said, Alabama's got two losses. They potentially could have had several more. They definitely aren't playing at the top of their game. Um, you know, it, the teams that they, they got in over, they also lost their last game of the year. And I, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that it's like for TCU, for example, I mean, you lose in in, in very close fashion and, and that was a hard fought game and other things like that. But like, Overall, I mean, I don't know, there really isn't anybody, and, th- and this is really I guess, just an endorsement of what the committee is going to be doing here in a couple of years by expanding it to, to 12 teams, because there really isn't a clear cut, even for at this point. And like, that was always my argument with expanding the playoff in general, which is that when you, when you start to include more teams, the arguments that you're having towards the end of your, you know, towards the bottom, I guess, of your bracket, who's, who's the eighth best team versus who's the fourth best team. That's a much different conversation. And this year, I think kind of bears that out because it's not a conversation about, you know, who's the second or first best team. It's you're looking for a fourth best team and you're not even sure about that. So I guess in this sense, you know, Ohio state has done over the course of the year, what they need to do to be the fourth best team. And I think that's, I think they're ranked appropriately, um, in in part because uh, you know, the rest of the college football world has also looked kind of shaky, and you know, you've got two two big monsters up top. I mean, I at this point, I don't know what you do about Michigan. They they look terrible in the first half of every game they play, and then they, you know, they're their center and guards basically just wear down opposing defensive lines, and then they run for five hundred yards in the second half, and that's pretty much how they're going to win games. Uh, then you've got Georgia, who, you know, Stetson Bennett's playing really well. So Heisman oh, finalist,
0: Stetson Bennett.
1: Yeah, well, right. I know, right. And and I think a lot of people would have laughed at that a couple of years ago. if you even I suggested that.
0: might have laughed at that earlier this season. John. Yeah, <laughs> and, he's, and
1: he's played tremendously well. So, you know, Ohio State has the skill to play with any of these teams. And I think that's probably what the committee noticed, rather than the fact that they, you know, kind of gave up in the second half of <laughs> – <laughs> of their game against michigan
0: one of the things that I, I find really interesting is how we look back at that game because i listened to some of the pundits whether it was kirk Herbstreit, reese davis some of the others in some of the various shows leading up to the playoff and, yeah. and some of it was what i'll call just theater you know it was like it's like Nick Saban prostrating himself during halftime of the <laughs> yeah. Big Ten. They let him do that game. for like a half
1: hour too. It was really that weird. was
0: one of the most embarrassing spectacles I've I've ever seen, and I don't blame Nick Saban for getting on there and making yeah, his you case. You, you got a lobby for your team. But I was a bit shocked that Fox and the Big Ten uh, powers that be said, you know what we should do? (laughs) We we should invite on the face of our mortal enemy conference here and have them on our halftime show for basically the entire time. Anyway, as I was listening to some of those pundits talk about – uh, Ohio State and and how they talked about the Michigan loss and you'd hear another where people just talk about oh it was blow off loss it was embarrassing blowout loss it was embarrassing they gave up in the second half and so on and so forth but then one of those same people and it might have been Herb Street I, I don't I don't know I one of them said well you know actually it was a one score game until you know relatively late in the fourth quarter right like sure midway, midway through the fourth quarter. So I I do find it interesting, like how now, even just a week removed, what what people's perceptions are of that game. Um, well, and and you had one of the one of the one of the national pundit types on Twitter, uh, I don't think it was Walken, but it was somebody else in that class of of Nattering Nabobs, who, you know, said, Oh, this is a total no-show by Ohio State. I'm like, nah, I don't think you can say that. It was a total no
1: show until until later in the game. I think there were a couple of things that happened in the fourth quarter where they just yes, stopped. They I, were done. I will
0: agree with that. I think you could say they shut down. They quit. They you know they 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 lost. You know the the wheels came off the wagon, but it wasn't a total no show. Like you know, so there that game wasn't a huge embarrassing failure from start to finish, right? Yeah. Like they still had 500 yards of offense. You know, like there were there were still a lot of things that happened there that good bad teams don't do right yeah so no i agree with that do they have do they have what it takes to get their house in order enough in the next three weeks (laughs) to put up uh you know a decent showing against georgia i i don't know i don't know it's a that's a that's a really interesting question. Like you say, we'll we'll probably get Kyle Jones on to talk about the X's and O's, what it is that Georgia does. Uh, I think we'd I think we'd probably all enjoy that. Let's talk about some of the nuts and bolts, though, uh, because the biggest news of the week um, certainly is that Ohio State's in the playoffs. Yeah, but it's not the only news of the week. Uh, yeah, a no, of chips not by dropped, a long shot. <laughs> couple of couple of chips dropped on Monday. One, and I don't think this necessarily is a big shock to me that jackson smith and jigba will not play in the playoffs his his time at ohio state uh as a player is over and and will be off to the magical land of of the nfl draft are
1: you let me ask you this can i so i've talked to people about uh how they feel about jackson and 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 a lot of the fans the people that i talked to for ohio state were adamant that uh, Jason would be back and like this is this isn't this has got to be important to this guy's legacy and you know he's got to do it for the team. And I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. I mean, it's hamstring injuries are funny. You don't really know if you're not like, you know, let's say you're going out there and you're like 50 and you re-injure it. I mean, you can cost yourself a lot of money, but like, no, 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 he's definitely gonna. I mean, this is this is you know, for they they thought he would come back from Michigan, right? And then when he didn't come like, back he's definitely gonna come back to get in the playoff. And I'm like, I don't know. And so, I think maybe some fans are kind of angry about this i'm I'm just curious, Andy, how do you feel about you know him him deciding to to set this one out?
0: uh I think given the injuries and given that he hasn't played really any meaningful time all year long, yeah, uh, I don't blame him for making this decision and right. I mean, I think you know you and I alluded to this midway through the season. And we were hesitant to straight up call it. And I know there were people who did. There were some um some guys I'm in another Slack ch- channel with that there were there were one or two guys that straight up said, Hey, this is this is the Bose situation all over again. We'll never see him play another meaningful down. Uh and and you know, you and I were hesitant to go down that route because they were very different situations. Uh and yet, and yet maybe not so different after all lingering issue one you know nagging injury you know not an obvious season ender but a nagging injury that's easy to re-aggravate takes a lot of time uh to to get over and and frankly and some of this i'm sure is him wanting to get back out there and players are almost always their own worst enemy when it comes to injuries right and Mm -hmm. and wanting to go out there that's why you have things like the concussion protocols that you have now because otherwise if you left up to players They'd all go out there, you know, one legged and and on the verge of death. And sure, it's just a scratch. Um, uh, that's a little, that's a little Python human there, humor there. Uh, I, I think, I think, I mean, I think the case, biggest thing is that he hasn't played all year. Yeah, I, that's, that, that's exactly right. Like in his case, I think it's smart because, uh, smart for him. And, and, and I don't want to say Ohio State doesn't miss him. But it's not like he got injured two weeks ago and now, oh, shit, we got to figure out how to deal with this. Right. They've been dealing with this basically all season long. The thing that I think frustrates me about the situation is that with him, and, and I'd say this with Travion Henderson as well, uh, maybe Mayan Williams, I'm not sure. Like, I, I have real questions about how some of these injuries were handled in terms of when guys came back. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, the, the when JSN tried to come back and it was obvious, like, that was, you know, that was not. A good choice so i'm like you know if he just set out another how many ever weeks then uh travion henderson like him coming out from maryland mm-hmm. no point whatsoever in him playing at maryland and he and did think, and look what happened yeah and i think the thing is
1: like once those those comebacks were unsuccessful, right? Once you saw that these guys are limited, you're like, okay, well, then they're not coming back. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's right. that's that's the thing. Like it'd be one thing if these were like minor injuries and it's like, okay, I'm gonna try to play through it, whatever. but these are these are fairly significant injuries, um, especially if you're a wide receiver with a hamstring. I mean that's I mean, there's a lot that goes into that and try to cut, do a round. I mean come on. Um, but because these are relatively, you know, significant injuries, I I just don't think that like, you know, it's not something you're going to work your way through. And if it's not going to work in the middle of the season, I don't feel like it was going to work at any point in time during the the rest of the season going forward. So I'm not shocked by it. Um, I mean, it sucks. You you would love to have that dude back. But uh, I think ultimately that's. I, you know, I, I who can say whether it's the best decision for him or not? I don't know if the NFL is going to be like, oh man, you know, this guy, we basically have no tape on him
0: since the Rose Bowl. Maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. Um, but that's the thing that is I'm most interested in about the story. Like, I'm not right, I'm no longer and, and I haven't been super invested in JSN coming back from Ohio State standpoint for, for the reasons you just outlined. I just have sure. assumed for a while it ain't going to happen. Uh, but the thing I'm really interested in is to see, okay, what does the league do with a guy with this situation? You know, because I think there's been, you know, fans and we tend to, as fans jump to like worst case scenario, right. Or like the most extreme conclusion about something. So, you know, when somebody sits out for a bowl game, then it's like, well, how soon before they sit out that entire season. And, you know, so like you look at a Marvin Harrison jr. There's all kinds of people who have talked over the past year, like and this guy has another year that he's got to play at Ohio State yet, like oh my god, can you believe it? Because he could go to the league today, and I mean, look at what Chris Olave has done this year. Look at what oh my god, yeah, look at what look at what Terry McLaurin has done in his career. Like those guys were ready day one, right? Day one, and and putting up exceptional uh, performances. Harrison certainly fit in that boat. So like the logical crazy talk among fans as well. Guys are setting out for bowl games. Why not just set out an entire season? And so this will be an interesting test case because JSN has, in essence, set out an entire season, not by his own choice. So what do they do with him without that year's worth of tape? Yeah, and, right. And, and 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 the injury, you know, in there their to boot. Now, you know, there have definitely been cases of guys who get injured and get snatched up. And, you know, somebody's always going to take a flyer on great talent.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and, and also, I think, you know, you look at the other, like you just said, you look at the other Ohio State players and, like, okay, well, we know that Brian Hartline knows what he's doing. He develops really good guys. Maybe we yeah. won't need to worry about it. We're just going to draft this guy high and, and we know what we're getting. And, like, you know, JMO Jam- Williams, I mean, he hasn't played at all. And, and, you know, they, they were, he was drafted almost entirely on potential and, um, you know, after a major injury. And I, I think that, maybe NFL teams kind of look at it the same way with JSN. So, you know, I'm sure that, you know, via his agent or whoever is kind of advising him, they're, they're hearing things from the NFL. And I'm sure that, you know, they're taking that into consideration when they're making that determination about whether to play or not. And they, I guess they viewed that it wasn't, you know, maybe all that bad. It wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so, you know, it, I, I wish him the best. I hope that the guy finds a good spot. I hope that he heals right. Um, But, you know, to your earlier point, I think that this is something, obviously, that Ohio State's been dealing with the entire season in terms of game planning and figuring things out. And I don't know that it significantly impacts what they're going to try to do either way.
0: The uh, next set of news things that dropped in terms of personnel, a couple of entrants into the transfer portal already. Jalen Johnson, a redshirt freshman safety, became the first player to enter the transfer portal uh, and then, not long after that, linebacker Taraji Mitchell announced um, he was entering the portal to play a sixth season of football elsewhere. Although he said he would finish out the year with Ohio State, I, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. Whether I mean, <laughs> either of these surprise me or not, but I, I don't think there's any doubt. You know, you assume in this day and age, there's going to be a decent number of guys on every team in America who are going For sure. To, dip their toe into the portal and go
1: yeah 100 and ohio state hopefully can be the beneficiary of that honestly coming here soon because there are definitely some dudes who i i think ohio state could benefit greatly from mm-hmm. in the portal there's there's for instance a number of linebackers out there who i think ohio state could benefit uh from you know from their services and there's there's going to be a lot of that and i i hope that ryan day and company take advantage of that
0: they sure need to because there are definitely going to be some position areas oh, yeah. of concern,
1: right? We've talked about some of those. Yeah, personnel wise, you're, next year you're looking at a lot of holes that you're going to have to fill, and yes, you've got a lot of talent on the you know squad already, and, and that's traditionally <laughs> what you need to do to build it up. But this is this is free agency, baby. You need to keep up with the other teams, and sometimes that involves looking elsewhere uh, for guys that already have a couple years of college football under their belt to help improve your your squad. So. Um I, I I how this plays out is really interesting to me. I mean, I think you're going to see other names, maybe even bigger names like Trevor Mitchell. I mean, people generally know his name, but I don't think he played at all this year basically. Um he but played in, he, he
0: played in a number of, it is interesting because he's right on the cusp. That's the thing where I commented, you know, that he said he's going to be with the team the rest of the year. Yeah. The thing that's interesting, um he played so he he's got the extra year of eligibility that everybody right. got um, you know, from 2020 he didn't take a red shirt year and he has only played in four games this season. So nice. in theory, he could take a redshirt season and play another year of college football in 23. But uh, if he plays in the playoff, then that would, that would, in other words, eat that right. possibility of a redshirt. So it, it's kind of an interesting situation there. Uh, but yeah, played in, played in four games this, this season. So
1: let me ask you that. Do you think, what do you think the, possibility would be of a guy like Trayvon Henderson transferring
0: I mean I think that would not surprise me in the least and partly because uh wasn't Henderson the one that scrubbed all of the Ohio State stuff off his Twitter uh, Yeah, his Yeah, Twitter I think sometimes you like too machine. much of that,
1: but yeah.
0: Oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm I, probably one of them, I guess, you know, because I'm like, oh, hmm, all of a sudden, if you take all your stuff off your thing, like, what are you, who are you mad at? Like, I always look at that as, okay, that was an emotional reaction to something, you know. Yeah. Um, But, oh, I mean, we were talking about this a little earlier too. It, uh, yeah, he doesn't have anything Ohio State-wise currently on his um, social media feed. Now that said, he did uh he did retweet several Ohio state things uh recently. so JSN's JSN's announcement being one of them, uh thing about Marvin Harrison being up for the Blitnikoff award being another. Uh, yeah, so who knows he would be one that is a big name would not in the least surprise me um just because you know, I think you had a lot of people this year who said, huh, Maybe mine Williams was the guy after all um, over Travion Henderson, you know, different style backs. Maybe he wants to be a feature back instead of part of a one, two punch. I I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there because I could see a scenario where Ohio state has really great running back depth. And I could see a scenario where I'm really concerned about running back depth, (laughs) like depending on who stays and who goes.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, who knows? I mean, at at that point, if you have a situation where Henderson's got, I mean, that's another situation, though, where it's like you've been dealing with that for a huge chunk of the year. And then you would hope that Ohio State's got plans in mind. And, and you know, honestly, that's actually if, if he were to leave, I mean, again, he's a great talent. And I think when healthy, he can be an excellent running back. And I think that's the, honestly, that's what's hampered him more than anything this year. It's not it's not that he doesn't have talent. I just I just think that he hasn't been right pretty yeah, much the entire broken season.
0: Bro- broken bone in his foot i think yeah i head just head. think he's
1: he's just been playing hobbled the entire season but you know if anything him being out mine being out has shown the kind of depth that um the running back room does have that maybe people didn't quite expect and it's <laughs> it's funny because at ohio state it's super easy to get wally pipped. you know what i mean like yeah you, yeah, you get is. out and then you've got somebody behind you who doesn't even necessarily have to have like a great game, but everybody's always looking for the next great player. And I think if you perform well, you do, you know, like you have a game like Dallin Hayden had people like, Oh my God, this guy's got to be the next starter. Um, That's just, that's just kind of how it works. And um, I think for Henderson, you know, timing might be kind of an issue, especially if he wants to get fully healthy, but I don't know. I, 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 the reason I asked is because for me, he's one, the guys that i would also be very unsurprised at uh testing the transfer waters
0: yeah wouldn't shock me in the least and so this is going to be an interesting period of time for ohio state because you've got guys you know putting their toe into the portal Mm -hmm. during this new you know early signing period if you will for for the portal but you've also got Ohio State clearly has to be out there farming the portal as well, right? To fill some of these these gaps, and the other thing that's going to be interesting is, you know, NFL draft decisions, right? Uh, you know, with this portal window being open now, like you just you, there have to be conversations going on in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center that are really interesting right now both you know guys maybe being encouraged to go or not guys being encouraged to stay that they're worried might be looking elsewhere but then also the draft the potential draftees do you want to go early or not because it's right because it, i mean there's some real there's some real issues there in terms of how many people because there are a couple guys there that you know could choose to go that probably should stay uh you have know, that every year but in terms of the numbers and like figuring out You know, who do we need to go out and replace in free agency, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that the the, the timing of this, I think, is really interesting. So these coaches are going to be they're going to be earning their money here over the next, you know, three months trying to balance all of that, who stays, who leaves and and so on. Speaking of people staying and leaving and so on, another big piece of news that broke on Monday, offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, Kevin Wilson. Former head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers, longtime now Ohio State staffer, heading to Tulsa as their new head coach. Uh, I will be honest; I didn't see this coming in the least. In fact, you know when we were talking a, a week ago about things that Ryan Day needs to do to right the ship after the disastrous loss to Michigan, one of the things that I suggested, uh, I, or I should say, one of the things that I I agreed with that uh, Kyle Jones suggested was that Ryan Day ought to hand off the play-calling responsibilities. And the guy who seemed most logical <laughs> to take on that role was Kevin Wilson, <laughs> the, yeah. the current co-offensive coordinator. Uh, clearly, that's not going to happen now. One, Johnny, were you surprised that Kevin Wilson is saying adios and vaya con Dios after uh, quite a few years now on the staff? Uh, and And two, how big a deal is this? that Ohio state is, is losing part of its offensive brain trust.
1: I think it's a big deal, but you know what? I actually, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay Kevin Wilson's impact on the offense. I mean, he, the guys he's been around for a very long time and he's made his bones um, by being an offensive mind. And, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people respect his ability and, you know, obviously he just got hired as the head coach at Tulsa. So it's not like he's, he's chopped liver or anything like that. Um, I really do think though that this is maybe the pipeline for Brian Hartline to just basically become the the offensive coordinator and and take on that, you know, big role in the offense um and directing it and figuring it out. And and you know, I think the biggest difficulty, and you're starting to see this even at, at Michigan, right? Where they're losing some of their guys um to uh you know to other programs and other opportunities. It, you really have to try to keep replacing you know the the assistants and the coaches and things like that that really kind of help keep your program moving and the goal that you have I think as a CEO of all this as the head coach is to figure out you know who do we hire who do we promote um that are going to be innovative that are going to be exciting that's going to you have to find people that are going to be a combination of um great recruiters great you know football minds guys that can like help the culture within the program, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, to me, it feels like, first of all, I'm not super shocked that Kevin Wilson would want to take another head coaching job again. I mean, he's been a head coach. I I can see why he would want to do it again. And secondly, I also see a scenario where Ryan day would be like, you know what? I'm not going to try to like, you know, bend over backwards to keep Kevin Wilson here because we've got a guy who's essentially, you know, the heir apparent to his position, uh, and Brian Hartline. And, and you know, we feel comfortable with him taking the reins and, and you know, taking over a lot of his responsibilities. Um, and you saw that because, I mean, essentially, like that's when they bumped up Brian Hartline in the offseason. Uh, that's basically what they said. Like, this guy's going to be helping, you know, craft our, our offense. So um, that's basically where I think they're at. I, I think they understand that Wilson, you know, might have been looking elsewhere and probably have been looking elsewhere for a while now um but they've got a guy already on staff who can step in and take that spot so i don't think they're sweating it too much and um i'm curious to see how much they give to brian Hartline after this
0: yeah and and that's the the question to me because you know heartline um interviews especially or, or sorry to interrupt, con- but especially after speculation
1: with Hartline heartline in cincinnati right that's like that a, that's, yeah
0: exactly what i was gonna say yeah and and i got to
1: say something like people we were like you now it wasn't a big thing. You know, it was more made out. I don't think so. I think that was, that was probably legit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was probably a legit um, opportunity for Brian Hartline. And I think maybe this Kevin Wilson stuff played into that a little bit where it was like, all right, well, maybe this guy's going along and then you can get a better, you know, more significant opportunity to Ohio state rather than taking over at Cincinnati. And that maybe that's, maybe that's what led to how this all played out
0: yeah uh, and the the when when i saw that wilson was leaving i was like oh okay so maybe this makes a lot more sense as to why heartline maybe didn't take the uc opportunity i would say i don't want to say he didn't take it seriously but why you know that way he shut that down pretty quickly it seemed like Mm -hmm. uh and oh okay maybe this is why because ryan day was able to say hey (laughs) you know By the way, wouldn't you like to be offensive coordinator here? We'll see if that's how that plays out. The thing that gets really interesting to what you were talking about, about the challenge of a head coach having to be able to replace assistants, like this is one of the things Urban Meyer struggled with, right? Like if you were going to criticize some of the things about the Meyer tenure, like some of his coaching hires, his what I'll call his replacement hires, were not great. (laughs) No. He had some really good ones. He brought in Ryan Day, obviously, but he had some clunkers in there too. So I think that's one of the hardest parts is managing your personnel uh, on the coaching staff. What do you do with those those ten positions? Uh, and and so if Hartline does become offensive coordinator, you know, then the question is, okay, uh, maybe you promote Akina Bailey to be tight ends coach. Do you bring in somebody else? Uh, as an offensive coach of some sort to, you, you know, where do you, or, you know, hey, we, we struggled with some defense, so do we need to bring in another defensive mind? I, I think that'll be a really interesting, it'll be another offensive coach, but, I mean, it's really interesting to see, like, how you choose to assemble your staff, mm-hmm. what responsibilities do you, you know, do you give different guys? Do you promote from within versus trying to go out and get, uh, you know, a home run higher, so to speak? But the other thing I think about, too, that's really interesting here you know I'm sort of assuming I'm with you I think and sort of assuming Hartline's going to be the guy what does that mean for play calling responsibilities because that right. likely says to me that Ryan Day isn't just handing over the playbook 100% to Brian Hartline as the first time offensive coordinator in the way that he might have been able to say hey I'm going to hand over play calling responsibilities to a Kevin Wilson who's done it for 20 years mm-hmm. that, I think this is a really interesting inflection point in Brian Hartline's development as a coach as well
1: yeah no that's that's a great point i mean that there's a lot of change here that i think maybe is implied and outright stated um and you know, Kevin Wilson's gonna stick with the team and through the games and through the playoffs and all that
0: stuff. And that's great. But yeah, I don't think I this really is like do. a huge change relative to the playoff per se. Yeah. But then he's gonna have some focus. He's gonna have some focus obviously on Tulsa sure. while while he's doing this. But like I'm really intrigued now to see what this offense looks like next year.
1: I am too. I am you, too. And I, I want to see what they do. I want to see what they do with like, you know, Brian Hartline's official title and, and what they say that they're uh you know, what they say they're actually going to do and change and all that kind of stuff. There's a there's a lot to this, and it's it's gonna be really interesting, I think, maybe in the, the weeks and months after this rather than the immediate future.
0: Yep, absolutely. And and it's you know, these are the kind of things that happen every year during the silly season. Uh, but it's interesting now to see them play out at the same time you hope Ohio State is uh turning the page after that that pretty Tough pill to swallow versus Michigan, and can they acquit themselves well against the number one team in the country in the college football playoff? Whew, that's a tall that's a tall task, and we'll yeah, find out yeah. what kind of CEO Ryan Day really is. I think going through the next month of of the year. All right, let's turn our attention now to uh, to our favorite segment of the show, the Bet Jack Parlay on the Eleven Dubcast. Uh, the Dubcast sponsored this week, as it has been all season long, by Bet Jack Ohio Sportsbook. The only sports book designed by Ohio Sports fans for Ohio Sports fans. As you know, the way the Bet Jack parlays work, uh, Johnny's picking games each week, and we're offering our picks. And if you're like me, maybe you downloaded the Bet Jack app, the free Bet Jack app, uh, and place your bets that way, or you can go to BetJack.com as well. Johnny, what do you have in the parlay for us this week?
1: Well, seeing as it is kind of the you know the end of the college football season, we're going to look at some other things here in the interim. Once we get into once we get into the bowl season, obviously we'll talk about we're going to have real
0: adult fun when we get into picking bowl games. Oh yes, that's wild.
1: Then that's going to be really good. Um, But in the meantime, in the meantime, we're going to uh, we're going to look at some of the the more interesting not I want to say obscure but you know outside of the college football world a little bit. But I will start with one that is obviously like you know the the it gets a lot of outsized attention and justifiably so because it takes place after a lot of the you know the championships have played out and all that stuff so we're talking about army and navy right i'm gonna say the most important
0: I, football game of the season frankly yeah and it's I, a lot of fun i
1: mean it's it's it means a lot it i love the fact that it gets like kind of like a a center stage you know what i mean when it's done yeah um they get to play in like a you know an nfl stadium it's just it's a good it's a good setup so army and Navy right now. Army is only like a one point favorite in this thing. This is a very close, a very close game. And by the way, I think it's going to be a very entertaining game just because of the style of play that these teams have. Um, So who do you got on this one?
0: Yeah, I, and I'm going to go to this one. It has nothing to do with analytics whatsoever. But okay. I will, I will every day of the week and twice on Sunday, go with Navy in this game. Um, Why is for, that? Why for, is that? For a variety of reasons, uh, and and I should say, you know, I uh, did did not serve in our armed forces, but have the utmost love and respect for the men and women who who serve and have served. But the stunning Mrs. Vance's dad was a World War II vet in the Pacific Theater uh in the united states navy uh one of my dearest uh cousins growing up together was a cb i think he did uh, a couple tours in uh, in iraq and uh was in south america for a while with one of the seal teams and uh then and, and two of my two of my favorite people on our mod squad uh i love all of our mods and we have we have mods who are both army and navy so this is a really interesting week to uh to interact with those guys but two of the guys that i probably spend the most time talking to and just have the utmost love and respect for are both retired sailors. And so uh, with all the fondness that I have for the Navy connections in my life, I'll, I'll, I'll ride with the midshipmen and, uh, and that they will, they will get my vote of confidence every year.
1: All right. Very good. I, you know what? I, I think, I think that's a pretty compelling argument. Um, I think I'll hey, go with that you know, as well. It's
0: like, it's like this. For a game like this, this is what's great about bowl season when it comes to bowl season as a better. Because so many times, like, you know me, I, I pretty much look at SP+, take into account home field advantage. Is there anything really crazy that isn't reflected in the data? And that's usually how I'll make my call. And I've done pretty well with that over the years. But when you get to bowl season, and then there's things like opt-outs, and there's, you know, College kids traveling to some exotic destination and getting, mm-hmm. you know, gift suites and goofiness happening and <laughs> rolling so up to like, practice in a Bentley, you know. You, you know, you just the data may not tell you everything you need to know about the matchup, right? So this is where sometimes you just gotta go with your gut and maybe just have a little bit of fun with it. This is one of those games that, hey, it's 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 for the commander in chief's cup. It's it's no, whoever wins, we all win because God bless America. Uh, but I I I'm gonna roll with with Navy. And by the way, the the NASA themed uniforms are incredible. Oh my God, yeah,
1: that's sick. I love that. I love that they do that too. I mean, usually some okay. If you're not. Let me put it this way if you're not one of the marquee teams i feel like sometimes the the alternate um the alternate uniform squads whoever the designers are they they bring in the b and c team <laughs> if you're not like you know the ohio states of the world um and even then sometimes it doesn't you know turn out super great but i always i, I think the alternates they bust out for the army navy game are sick i really enjoy those part yeah, of they're bit. they're
0: really fantastic almost almost year in year out uh i would have to say since i mentioned the data uh that that based on the data you know army probably should be a touchdown favorite okay so it's interesting to me that the line is as narrow as it is because i would probably if i were just going with the data all right i i would probably have to go with army but but my gut I'm going with I'm going with the midshipman.
1: Well, I think that's I think this as valid as anything else. Uh, this so let's turn our eyes to the NFL here real quick. This is one of the more interesting things to me. All right. So since the day bagels came out, they have this huge win over Kansas City. Right. Which they've dominated, which is a hilarious thing to say, but they've dominated Kansas City the past three games and you know, or four crazy. games, I guess. Yeah. Which dominated is probably a misnomer. They've won by three points, I think, every time. Um, but they they're. They're handling Mahomes, which is insane that they've been able to do this. However, Joe Burrow, I don't think has Joe, Joe Burrow beaten the Cleveland Browns yet. I don't think he has. I think I think he's over on this one right now. The Cincinnati Bengals are five and a half point favorites against the Cleveland Browns uh, in this upcoming game. It's Paul Brown Stadium. Okay, you get Deshaun Watson coming in who who looked
0: like just boiled ass. Yeah, he was the, not great. He was not great
1: <laughs> against the Texans, which terrible
0: team they they were able to pull out a win. But uh, what how how do you think this one plays out? Yeah, I'm I'm for sure going with the Bengals on this. Partly, you know my my sob that is Southern Ohio boy uh, mm-hmm. coming out in me. But the other part of it is, I think sometimes you 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 look at your quarterbacks you look at one you look at the other you look at one you look at the other and if there's a quarterback that i was going to trust to get it done in a rivalry game like that mm-hmm. it's gojo burrow i just think he's got the goods uh they've they've been good enough as a team uh you know to get the job done uh i'm for sure going with the bengals on this one i don't i don't have a lot. i know the browns you know have had their moments uh and god knows they're i can't thump on my chest too much as the steelers fan in the room they have not had a <laughs> super great season here but i yeah. i think if uh if i had to put if i had to put the farm on it i'm i'm going with the Bengals
1: that. all right sounds good uh last one here this is uh the the sweden super of floorball uh i know that you follow it very closely and this is yeah you know, i basically right your there. second favorite sport uh right now we've got uh Storvetta ibk <laughs> Against FBC Karlsmund wait uh Who do you got in this one? Right now, uh Strovetta <laughs> Stroverta IBK mean as a uh, as a favorite in the uh floorball super in. <laughs>
0: i mean i had to look this up when you brought this up uh and i and i didn't know this but but floorball is a type of floor hockey yeah. with five players and a goalkeeper on each team uh, by the way not super
1: popular in scandinavia like they dominate like if you ever look at the olympics stuff, i mean they they just destroy people in floorball it's crazy
0: they yeah, love it. It, it it's it's very big there uh mm-hmm. apparently um yeah the the scandinavian countries and like Estonia (laughs) like yeah you know uh so uh the one that you had the least trouble pronouncing I think was the first one (laughs) that's the one I'm going with
1: you know what they're the favorites so I there you go chalk wins out there you go chalk wins out all right so there you go those are those are the super sure 100% shoe-in lock of the week Uh, (laughs) especially if you're a big floorball better so there you go
0: All right, you know, the other thing we need to do before we put this horse back in the barn is that is to open up the mailbag, my friend. Ask us anything. What do we have from the faithful listening public this week?
1: Well, you can, as always, we we have to remind you that you can ask us literally anything by sending us questions to Dubcast at 11warriors.com. And again, love answering all kinds of questions because that's the fun thing that's 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 what we love about it um so we're going to start here with our good friend alvin who wants to know if and when ohio state triumphs over mr walmart khakis and the natty uh do our players get a pair of gold pants
0: yeah you know that's that's a really good question and when i saw that on twitter um i I started thinking about it i say yes i don't know what the official answer is but i say yes because the 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 pants are handed out for beating michigan yeah period not for beating michigan on the last saturday in november specifically right Mm -hmm. like the game wasn't always on that saturday so it's i i i think yes i think if they if they beat michigan and and you know i think this will be a thing that will come up when in inevitably the big 10 eliminates divisions and the big 10 championship game you know nine years out of ten is Ohio state versus Michigan I think that's a thing that that will come up more and more frequently is that you could have a team getting two pairs of pants a year or uh you know getting one and not the other I was really holding out hope the other night uh a as a as a Purdue uh you know graduate uh, did, did one of my master's degrees from Purdue as mm-hmm. as a graduate of that university I was really hoping I was like you know the best the best, case scenario is for michigan to lose to purdue in the big 10 championship and then lose to ohio state
1: yeah oh absolutely in the natty so for
0: for ohio state to win a natty and for michigan to have beaten ohio state but get nothing uh in the playoffs would have been or in the postseason would have been just delightful alas it was not to be yeah the boilermakers tried they kept it interesting for a little while (laughs) and then it was less interesting and uh you know not at all close in the final analysis but unfortunate unfortunate. um (laughs) but yes they will get a pair of pants i'm confident of that
1: yeah you know and that's the thing i think again it's, it's about beating michigan if you beat michigan then um you know i agree i i think that uh I think that's that's grounds for getting a pair of gold pants, no matter what the situation. Um, and frankly, I mean, especially in a situation like that, like let's say Ohio State and Michigan meet up in the national championship, then you beat Michigan. I feel it should be like I don't know, like a platinum pair of pants, like some <laughs> some. You know what I'm saying though,
0: like that, that I make feel it like really that's, special.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a step above. So I'm which I'm I mean,
0: I'll ask you this: like, did the committee screw up? Not putting Ohio state at three to, to force the rematch in the first game of the playoffs, Like this would have been the most watched playoff game in, in history. If those two teams had, had met up again, like did they, did they miss a huge opportunity there or, or did they just not have any choice? This is what was the right thing to do.
1: I think they did the right thing, although. So I'll agree with, the logic on that they should have put Ohio state and Michigan together on, on two points. First of all, yes, you're right. That, I mean, the, the ratings would have been completely bonkers that 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 is definitely a missed opportunity. And also, I don't know, I feel like forcing Georgia, it, it feels like, you know, Georgia kind of gets the sword in the stick here because they've got to play the tougher, more talented opponent in the first you know in the semifinal, right Michigan
0: yeah yeah in theory they should have gotten the easier game and they most certainly did not get the easier game Michigan got the easier game
1: right so you know Ohio State is a team and well again we'll talk about this in the coming weeks Ohio State's a team that can take advantage of certain deficiencies in in Georgia's defense and and probably give them more of a, a scare than maybe TCU would um so I don't know. That's interesting to me how that kind of worked out. So I understand why they did what they did. I I, I think logically just in terms of how the the season played out, that's where you should rank the teams. But if you're thinking about like, okay, the first seed gets the easiest, um, you know, opponent and you want to set it up for maximum eyeballs on the TV screen, then yeah, I can, I I think that's a valid, that totally makes sense. That's a valid, uh, it's a valid point. So I hope, I mean, I don't know, man, it's, Again, I I do hope for an Ohio State Michigan uh, national championship just because I think that would be like
0: yeah I, if I mean if Ohio State can pull it off I'm I'm going to go ahead and you know give the devil its due and give Michigan you know that I'm I'm going to operate under the assumption that they're going to handle TCU uh without without a whole lot of trouble after seeing how they handle their business versus Ohio State but yeah if Ohio State can take care of business my goodness gracious that will be the national championship game to end all national championship games like i'm not sure how it would ever be bigger than ohio state versus michigan for all the marbles
1: yeah i agree by the way so okay so matt here sent a uh sent us an uh, a really in-depth question slash article it's not really a question but i'm gonna matt i just <laughs> here's the thing i just want to say this all right it, it is it's about L-Buck, which automatically piques my interest oh my god yeah um great i'm going i promise you after we're finished recording, Matt, I'm. I. i it has been a crazy week. My computer died. All kinds of things have been going on. Uh, but I promise you, Matt, I will read every single word of that, and I will. I will make sure that Eleven Warriors we're, we're, we're aware of it, and if we can get it on there on the site, we will. Uh, I can't make promises as to that, but I, I will definitely make sure that we. Uh, we we check this out. So thank you for for setting that. I I very I do very much appreciate it. I'm sorry I haven't like emailed you back. Uh, but I will I will do that as soon as we're finished recording. Uh this is from Kevin. Uh if Ohio State plays in the Rose Bowl, who do you think will set out? Well, that be kind of came moot a little bit, but let's say, Andy, uh, let's say that uh let's say that Ohio State had been left out of the playoff. Did do you think we would see like large amounts of guys setting out for that for the Rose Bowl?
0: Yeah, this this was really um this is something I was thinking about after after the loss you know what would what would the over under be for um opt-outs and and i i definitely think it's going to be different you know now than it would have been um but you know for a non-cfp bowl i i was kind of i was kind of talking to some of the guys on the team and you were like maybe five and a half is an over under for non cfp opt-outs yeah. The fact that it's a CFP now, you know, that, that probably, for example, CJ Stroud, I think you you and I would have agreed was not playing in the Rose Bowl. No. CJ Stroud not. is playing in the playoff. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You yeah. know, so like that sort of, so there'll be a couple guys, I think that would be back, but I, it still would not, it still would not surprise me if you see, let's say like a, a Travion Henderson as an example, if he's not, if he's not well. Now will he say I'm opting out? Maybe not, but 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 there may be some guys like that that you'd see who just maybe don't play, right? Uh, because of an injury or whatever. You got to look. This has not been a super healthy roster.
1: No, it's not. They've had injuries all year. I mean, it's at up damn near and down. every position. It feels like. Yeah. I mean, like
0: and when we talk about C.J. Stroud not running, it's like, well, you know, <laughs> it's not hard to look around the rest of the room and see the number of guys who are you know banged up, dinged up. Right. Nursing something along. Maybe there's maybe there's a pretty obvious reason why Brian
1: yeah, exactly. Day
0: didn't want him toting the rock ten times a game.
1: Right. Uh, by the way, Kevin ends this by saying, "Regardless, do you think JSN comes back next year?" I think so. I'm sorry, Kevin. <laughs> um, uh, Signs point from, to
0: no. Let me shake the magic eight ball. Signs point to no.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I unfortunately do not think that is uh, that will be the case. This is from Luchador Junior. Um, in honor of the Buckeyes backing into the playoff, have you ever backed into someone else, and what were the consequences? <laughs> backed into somebody else. <laughs> no. Uh... By the way, no. This. This question was written immediately after Utah immolated Alex Grinch's sorry-ass defense, so I assume Ohio State made the playoff.
0: <laughs> yes, right on. And, and my gosh, like I'm waiting for Alex Grinch, the news that Alex Grinch is like head coach at a Power 5 program because if yeah. there's a guy who's done a better job at failing upward than him, mm-hmm. or, I'm not sure who it is. I'm not sure who it is.
1: He's going to get – what's going to happen is that USC is going to look at their defense and they're I don't know. And he's gonna he's going to get like – the head coach of some Mac school or something like that and then get an eight-year contract.
0: (laughs) I I just, I mean, that was part of the reason when we were talking about Ohio state, you know, being able to get in USC's defense. Like I went back and looked at what I wrote in that round table before the weekend. And, and that's exactly what I said, you know, like USDA, USDA, Oh my God. Can you tell what I do for a living? (laughs) USC that is USC has a really good, maybe exceptional offense. God knows. I mean, they're, you know, Heisman finalist quarterback, probably the favorite to win it now. Right. Well, and even, you know what?
1: And what's crazy is, is that it feels like their game uh, almost kind of mirrored Ohio State's against Michigan in a lot of ways. It did. Because towards the end, you were like watching this, this uber talented quarterback, just trying everything he could to throw his team back in and obviously didn't work out, you know,
0: and and there's a point there where I I looked as we were watching that game and I was like, why the hell does Lincoln Riley still have him on the field? Yeah. Right. I mean, he's hobbled so many times right late in that game. He's injured, you know, and they were at a point like they were down enough. You can't come back from whatever. There was a point there, you know, the last three to five minutes where it was like, this is just, this is just, you know, Risking permanent injury to this kid uh, because he's out here getting the effing daylights beat out of him every single yeah. play. Like his his offensive line was just dead. You could have you could have put five corpses out there and they would have given as much protection the last five minutes of that game as what that kid kid got out of those boys. I I don't know. Um, so what was? The have original? you ever backed into anyone? Oh, backed. I was like, what was the original question? Yeah, yeah. Have, have you I ever, ever so in backed other words, into anyone? Uh, in, in, let me think about the this um so i i've definitely been in a number of vehicular incidents over the year over the years i don't know that i've ever actually backed into someone i've rear-ended a couple people in my younger like in my teenage years uh i have have bumped into things like you know inanimate objects like a pole at the gas station or you know like that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um but I don't think I've ever actually backed into anyone. Yeah, I don't okay. think so. No. But what I, about what about like as a human being? Have you ever? Backed? Oh, have I personally? I've, <laughs> I, I immediately go to the cars. Oh god, I bump into people all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not. I am not a small gentleman. Uh, and so generally. <clears throat> it, it is not difficult and especially like uh, you know we we spend a lot of time at dog shows like that's yeah. my, that's the family hobby right and so you're standing at the dog show like you're focused on watching the show in the ring you're watching a, a certain set of dogs or whatever and you're not necessarily paying attention to whatever's going on around you and sometimes at the rings it gets really crowded people are you know watching they're coming and going they're coming up to the the ring to get their armband number to check in with the steward this sort of thing so yeah i back into people in that scenario Quite frequently. I don't know that I have any really funny stories. I think it's usually interesting how people react. Like a lot of times you get the Midwestern, oh, you know, yeah, you, right. People just go on, you know, or but every now and then you'll get the people that just like give you the look. Oh, <laughs> how dare you come into my bubble, you dirty SOB. And right. Well is like, you know, kind of why so serious? <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I want to tell you something. So the one time I can think about this is uh I used to go to the Arnold fairly frequently um and good people watching
0: the arnold good people watching
1: yeah oh my god the the best people watching it's it's insane i was actually talking to one of my bosses about this today It's like this it's it it is just the menagerie of it is unbelievable people watching it is the best if you're interested in that kind of thing but um Mm -hmm. i i can distinctly remember because i'm not a tiny person
0: like i'm i'm fairly tall i can think about you're you're tall you're not i mean you're not like big like i'm no 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 I'm 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 large in like four dimensions
1: (laughs) you're tall even at my my most built I was like 215 right so I'm not like you know I'm not huge um but uh I do I was 215
0: in middle school I seem to recall oh goodness (laughs) Uh,
1: but like you know I'm gangly and I can like you know and the Arnold's a a very packed event And, um, I distinctly remember backing into one of the, uh, the very large bodybuilding competitors (laughs) and like, you know, this is a guy who's in, he's like open class. So this is a guy who's like 300 pounds and I wasn't looking where I was going. And, you know, these guys aren't super tall. Like they're, they're generally, you know, around like five, seven, five, eight, uh, and I just I just ran slammed right into the dude as I was trying to, like, move away from someone else. And I was like, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. oh and then yep. I
1: just kind of I tried to blend in with the crowd as quickly as I possibly could. And it was like, OK, let's let's not make eye contact. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, let's go. That's let's go. exactly right. And you know what? Generally, guys that size are. are some of the nicer guys that you'll meet just because you know come on that they have no reason not to be so i wasn't like worried but i i was pretty embarrassed so (laughs) that that has happened to me before and you know what the arnold's kind of inevitable when when everybody's kind of you know nuts to bust the entire time anyway because it's just so ridiculous but yeah that i thought that was pretty funny yeah uh real quick this is this last one here this is from um uh, Evan, who says, "What is the threat level Georgia?" And I promise we'll we'll definitely discuss this. You know more as we get closer. But he says both you and Andy made the point last week that John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, goodness, Jim Harbaugh has specifically built this Michigan team to beat Ohio State. Contrast: Ryan Day seems to have built this team with an eye to beating SEC contenders. Does that mean that Michigan is actually a bigger threat to this Buckeye team than Georgia? That's an interesting point. Um, before the sec championship game i would maybe quibble with that however lsu put up like 500 yards passing (laughs) on this georgia defense um and i think exposed them in in some ways now granted uh georgia also stunted all over lsu's defense to to the tune of 50 points um so i don't know how much that is worth although i do think stetson been as good as he's been this season is, is definitely one of the more inconsistent, you know, marquee quarterbacks. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a really interesting point. Georgia has a good running game, but they also don't have like a marquee guy in the way that Michigan does. It's, it's kind of an interesting contrast in styles. And I think, I don't know. I, this is one of those situations where I really do want to ask Kyle and some other guys, their opinions on this, because that that was kind of my contention that Ohio State's been built to compete with these SEC teams in a lot of ways. Um, so that that might have some truth to it, Evan. Honestly, I'm, I'm I'm curious to learn more about that. I guess in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, you know, you look at you look at Georgia, one of the best run defenses in the country. Uh, mm. Well, well, literally the best run defense in in the country. Uh, but as you noted, maybe vulnerable through the air and and that's where you know you look and see okay the thing that a lot of us a lot of, of osu fans have pick nits at ryan day about is that this has become a quote-unquote pass happy team right. um well hey maybe that pays off against a team that is vulnerable to that i yeah, i think the bigger question because as i look at where things went sideways for ohio state you know, one of the biggest problems is that they didn't convert in the red zone. They didn't convert on third down, you know, early in the season, the first half or or 80% of the season, you'd said, gosh, Ohio State was one of the best teams in the country on third down conversions. They were one of the worst when it, you know, came down the stretch there. Uh, Mm. And, and, you know, the last, not even just the Michigan game, the last three or four games. So to me the the matchup between Ohio State and Georgia is going to be as much about how Ohio State's offense steps up against Georgia's defense as it is how well Jim Knowles figures out how to defend the Georgia offense.
1: Yeah. And I think that's I think that's an excellent point. And... Because
0: I think both the last two, you know, last year it was really obvious that you blamed the defense on Ohio State's loss to Michigan. Whereas like the loss You know the 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 earlier loss in the season, um, I I, when people were ready to fire C.J. Stroud, and I was like, it's C.J. Stroud wasn't the reason they lost that game, right? Uh, it was it was clearly the defense this year with Michigan. I think you'd say, you know, even though they scored five, they ran five hundred yards, recorded five hundred yards all all total like you needed to find the end zone. You know, yep. Ryan Day, you needed to get the ball more into Harrison's hands and less yep. cutesy-poo plays and, and so on and so forth. So the, to me, that is is maybe the more interesting question is how Ohio State's offense steps up rather than, oh God, can Jim Knowles and Ohio State's defense figure it out? I, I'm i less worried for whatever reason. I'm less worried. Now we'll see again, you know, we start to do some film study and in, in, in break this apart uh it's a good question but I also think it's interesting because Ohio State would be favored if they were playing Ohio State Michigan in the first round of the playoffs instead of Ohio State Georgia I think Ohio State would probably be favored by a point
1: yeah yeah it'd be close And, and the thing is is that the measurables I mean that if you look at for instance the Big Ten Championship game even right like that's you look at what Michigan has done, what they've always been doing. And the thing that really bothers me, What's what's been most infuriating, I guess, about Ohio State losing to Michigan is like Michigan fans saying like, oh, we we knew this all along. Like, shut up. You right. did not predict. No. You did not predict J.J. McCarthy going out and throwing the ball the way he did against Ohio State because he hadn't done it at all. The previous, you know, however, long, like the previous five or six games. And then he comes out against it's Purdue, and he only has 17 attempts. Only has 11 completions. He only had 12 completions against Ohio State. Um, you know, for 161 yards in the in the Big Ten championship game. It, it just it it's a weird it's a weird situation. It's a weird setup, and um, I don't know. I I guess I'm personally not. Uh, it's not that I'm like scared of mission Michigan and things like that, but I I just think it's it's definitely
0: it's different than it's it would be against georgia and you know what's interesting about this matchup is when i start to look at the data because that's what i do sp plus would give on a neutral field georgia like a 5.3 point advantage call it five points five point advantage on a neutral field well you might as well call mercedes-benz dome that's home field yeah that's home field So you give it another two and a half points. That would take this to 7.8, almost call it eight points, an eight-point Georgia advantage. But when you break it up between the offense, the defense, and and special teams, these teams are really interesting in that Ohio State's the number four offense by SP Plus and the number 15 defense. Georgia's the number two defense and the number 16 offense. I mean, they're mirrors, and uh, special teams are a wash in essence. You've got Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State are 5, 6, and 7 in SP plus special teams rating. They, they're almost statistically the same team in terms of their efficiency via special teams. So the difference here is that Ohio State is the better offense than both Michigan and Georgia. Michigan and Georgia have the 16th and 18th ranked offenses and the number two and the number four defense. So Georgia and Michigan are very much alike in the sense that their relative strengths in terms of efficiency, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. They're both better defenses than they are offenses, but they're both, their offenses are as good as Ohio state's defense is right. right? Where Ohio state in theory has a much more efficient offense. Uh, So uh, that's where I come back to like the, the individual matchups, um, I I think Georgia and Michigan are maybe more alike than if Ohio State was playing a different SEC team. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of their, because we we could have gone into that game saying, well, Ohio State uh, may not be able to run against this Michigan team very well, but they ought to be able to find some success passing the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State with the defense, we said, you know, the, Jim Knowles, um, you know, they they they're going to stop the run. I I felt pretty confident they could stop the run, but. Corners are going to be a vulnerability. Well, geez, look at the second half. What happened? Yeah, they, they found all that success on the corners. And that's not going to change no matter who you play. That's right. That's, that's right. Absolutely. That's the problem. So we'll we'll see
1: what that looks like hopefully going forward. But great set of questions this week. Thank you so much for sending those in. And uh, yeah, we'll keep answering
0: them. All right. Let's get this horse back in the barn with, to me, the biggest news of the week. The thing I'm, I'm really excited to get your take on. Coach Prime, Neon Dion, yeah. joining the ranks of the Power Five taking a big old bag with him, telling everybody on staff and all of the current scholarship athletes, peace out, homies. I'm bringing my people with me. Is this going to be the most entertaining coaching hire of all time or the biggest (laughs) crap fest of all time? Like, what do you foresee coming down the pike with Coach Prime, who has done a very good job, by the way? Uh, It seems like in, in, in his coaching uh, tenure at Jackson state university, 12 and 0 undefeated season this year, defeating the Southern university Jaguars uh, and, and uh, making a perfect season at the FCS level. But like the coaching announcement and the initial stories coming out of Colorado, I, I really don't know whether I think this is going to be the second coming of Jimmy Johnson or the second coming of Urban Meyer at the NFL, <laughs> like you
1: know, I don't think it's gonna be the second coming of Urban Meyer. Although I do think that here's the thing. All right, you don't
0: think this is gonna be a huge, a huge uh, uh shit show, as the kids call no, it. No, I think
1: you know what? I honestly think he he's taking his job seriously as a football coach. And here's the other thing: people may go like, "Oh well, Colorado." I know the Colorado. Colorado was one and eleven this year. Okay uh their their one game their one victory came in overtime against cal uh they are a terrible team they are they they could not possibly really get that much worse here at this point so i think deon sanders coming in and saying everybody's fired you're all playing for your positions transfer now if you don't want this we're gonna make the offseason hell i honestly think that's the attitude you have to come in with at with this particular team and i want colorado to be good because i think First of all, they've got a lot of cool things going for them. I love their history, like their uniforms, love their mascot. Culturally, social impact wise, I want them to kick butt. And I love the fact that they kind of went on a limb and and, and brought in Deion Sanders. And yeah, there might be some baggage to go along with that. And, you know, it's going to be a whole different vibe and whatever. But like, I don't know, man, I think it's I think it's a smart hire for a couple different reasons and frankly that's a program that absolutely needs a 180 culture change so um i'm i think it's a great i i I, it's a risk but i think it's a a smart one on their part
0: it's going to be entertaining no question about it and uh (laughs) i'm fascinated to see what happens next yeah i'm exactly who you haven't thought or talked about
1: Colorado football in years and years and years. And now we are. And I think that's, that's half the point. And for a team that again, just went one and 11. Okay. That's, that's what you want from them. They, I think they, they swung for the fences and, and we'll see if they, you know, get the home run. But uh, I think it's, I think it's pretty smart on their part.
0: Nowhere to go, but up. I love that's it. Right. All right, friends, we are, we are into the month of December, College football playoff will be here before we know it. Bowl season will be here uh, even sooner. Lots to talk about. Stick around. We'll see you next week on the 11 Dubcast. Until then, I'm Andy.
1: I'm Johnny. Thanks for being a part of it.